Hey, husband. Yes, wife. What do you call a moonkin that uses hibernate? What? A napkin. Wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Random Thoughts. I'm wife. And I'm husband. And do you guess what today's topic is going to be about? How would they guess? I, it was a joke. Today I tied the joke in. Yeah, but this, I guess because this is the first actual wow joke you've done. Yeah, I think it might be. All the other ones, I mean, they were bad jokes, but like... I, this did, one is an on-topic bad wife, joke. Wife, did you, did you borrow this one from the, the Bad Joke Friday wow account? Maybe. Don't judge. If you haven't seen the official WoW account, I, I think it's on Fridays. They do bad WoW joke Fridays, and some of them are pretty damn bad. Don't care. Still liked it. They're pretty bad. I giggled on the train. That's all that matters. Anyway, so as wife alluded to, we definitely are going to be talking about a different fuzzy class, and this yes. is druids this time, although sometimes they have feathers, and sometimes feathers they have claws and teeth. And other mean things. And apparently they're weird, like, bramble monsters now. In oh. So, if for people that aren't aware, spoiler alert, I guess, for Battle for Azeroth, the next WoW expansion, uh, the Kul'Turas druids have... Uh, the only way I can describe it, because in my head, and this is going to be a topic in a little while, I'm picturing Wall of Brambles from Magic is the way their form is. It's like weird interwoven plant life. Okay. And then you have on the other side, you have these troll druids who I, I think it's the Amani. I don't remember, but someone will correct us, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And they turn into dinosaurs. That's pretty sweet. So I'm pretty excited, even though I wasn't originally planning to get the expansion. Why is it they find, like, the one thing that makes us want to play? I don't think time? that's the one thing. Like, I always want to play. Okay, but they found the one thing that, like, tips us over the edge. Always find the one thing that tips us over the edge. But anyway, yes, today we are talking about druids, or durids, or however you want to say it. <laughs> Cat durid is for fight. <laughs> Bear durid is for tank. That's not the no. line. Anyway. I forget But it. we're not there yet, wife. We're uh, not, we're not okay. there yet. So we'll get there eventually. But we wanted to run through the news. It's actually been a lighter news cycle, I guess, mm -hmm. as far as WoW is concerned. Uh, we definitely did have some exciting things that we wanted to bring up. So, point one, Renoir 2005 has actually the host of the, and I guess mastermind behind the Lubbock, Texas core event has posted all the videos. Which is really exciting. Yeah. And, you know, just make dinner, watch some WoW while you're making dinner. I okay. mean, that might be how I do it. But... I've, I've said this before. I'm pretty sure we've said this on the show. But one thing that would be really awesome is to actually be able to do commentary for an actual WoW event. Yeah. Even if it was an online cast... You know, if they were streaming an event down in Texas, it would be cool to do live commentary. I think it would be a lot of fun. And it's not something that... 
I mean, streaming and everything has really come to light in more recent years. Yeah, now so, that Twitch is a huge thing. And I mean, there was always event coverage before for WoW events and other games, but now it's because the fact that there's live coverage, I think, is very unique compared to what we had before. And I think it would be a lot of fun to participate in. Now, don't get me wrong. I would much rather be playing, but... It is fun to, you know, talk about things and get super excited! Because I might do that anyway. So well, yeah, it would I be mean, fun to have an actual outlet to make that happen. So yeah, definitely check out Reddit or check out the Discord. And I'm fairly certain he posted it in the Facebook group as well. I think so. Uh, but he definitely posted up some links so that you can go check out the VODs for that. Definitely should be a good time. Leading from there, also a Renoir production, is he actually has his own Twitch channel. Which is another cool thing to watch. So we definitely have had a few people in the past take stabs at this. I know Bradifer was putting together videos, and I think he had a Twitch channel at some point. Question marks? You <laughs> watch Twitch marginally more than I do. Really? And by marginally, I mean much more than I <laughs> Considering do. Considering you watch zero, then... <laughs> I watch... Big old goose egg. I watch Minecraft Twitch at work. When children showed it to me. Does that count? No. No. What? I don't know. Just go. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Br I, I know Bradford was doing videos. He, he may or may not have had a Twitch channel. There was definitely another Twitch channel that was floating around um, now a while ago. Uh, but Renoir also had just live streamed a raid event, which we've talked about raids a lot before, and I think it's really cool that we had this opportunity. I didn't get to watch it live, just because, unfortunately, time zones, and when he went live, it was time for bed. Yeah. At least for us. We go to bed early, and we're on the East Coast, which does make it harder for us to hang out with the rest of the country. It kind of ruins a lot of things that I like, because <laughs> I am not a morning person, but I'm forced to be professionally, so I have to go to bed early, and I'm not happy about it. I am a morning person, so I'm okay with any of these. No, I'm not okay with it. Yeah, anyway. It's not okay. It'll never be okay. But um, we will definitely try to link to the uh, Renoir videos. Well, you can. He's, I believe he is Renoir2005 on Twitch.tv. Yep. So you can definitely search him up there. It'll be pretty obvious when you see the WoW videos. Mm -hmm. So you can definitely check that out. And again, I, I think it's cool that there is this raid component. There's some, The more I hear about it, the more I get excited about it. So we've talked about it before where, yeah, we've done the raids, but it was never really our focus. And it's yeah. still, I would say, it's not our focus now. Our focus is more on the competitive classic scene, obviously. This is definitely true. But I think, had we the opportunity, we would both be very excited to raid. And I I really want to try that that raid that he was talking about, the, the personal made raid. Well, there's a lot of them, and that's the thing is that there, so cool. there's there's so much material to mine, and if you assume with the construct of the raid environment or the dungeon environment or just some kind of PVE thing or where it's not directly we're going at each other, even if we are, the rules are allowed to be broken by default, then you can do so many wild things that sound like so much fun. Yeah. I really... I get excited just thinking about it, and I don't even know what would be in it. Like, that's how bad it is. Well, the thing is, is that there's so many unique ways, and I think even within the world of Warcraft, 
if you don't pull a specific raid, you happen to pull a specific encounter mm-hmm. sort of thing. For example, the the battle for Undercity back in the oh, middle yeah. of Wrath of the Lich King. That was not a raid. It was just a player instance where you went in and you sieged the Undercity to try and rescue it because the splinter faction of the Forsaken had taken over and Baramothris defected and blah, blah, all this stuff. Yeah. Spoiler alert for like 10 years ago now. Right? I don't, well, not 10 years, but anyway. Point is, is that that could be a cool PvE experience that has no raid associated with it, mm-hmm. obviously, like actual official raid, but also may not be something that you'd say, oh, well, we're going to do WoW PvE. Yeah. We're going to do a raid. Well, that may not be the first thing that comes to mind, but that doesn't mean that it couldn't be a really fun experience. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Or you could maybe change Azeroth's history if you take the role <laughs> as Varamothris and oh. win the battle for the Undercity. Um, I, I think that's or when Putris? you just, I think that's when you just have to restart. The yeah, <laughs> so we're, we're gonna, sure. gonna relog. We're gonna bounce the server and start it's over. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's exactly. Burning around us. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, like I said, definitely check out those videos. Definitely check out his Twitch channel. And next thing, or other thing that we wanted to talk about, we wanted to give a big shout-out and a thank you to everybody that replied to us. Yes, we love replies, and we love being able to talk about them. So we had recently, at this point, it's not really recently anymore, I guess, but relatively recently put out a call throughout the various social media circles, so on Facebook, on Reddit, and uh, on Discord, and out on Twitter and stuff, that we wanted to hear back from you, dear listeners and dear readers also, as to what kind of content you'd like to see, both on the website, on the podcast, anything else we could do, and we definitely got some really awesome replies. We definitely did. Um, We... Also, we a few people kept asking about video. Um, that is going to have to be put on hold for a little while due to many technical difficulties. Many technical difficulties. Well, in like reality, eight and that's... and a half hours of technical difficulties and me wanting to throw my computer out the window. Yeah, wife was really, really determined to do this all by herself. I was... I did... I tried so hard... And you got so far. I didn't. But get in that the end, far. it didn't really matter. I don't like you right now. Well, it is what it is. So <laughs> we did actually get some potential volunteers to give us a hand. So we may be looking into that. Basically, aside from the technical difficulties that wife was experiencing, it's also we're creeping up on Gen Con. It's only about a month away. Yeah. So that was going to be the news that I wanted to say. Well, you we're almost there. It. Calm down. So oh, can't again. A big shout out to everybody that replied. We definitely do appreciate the input. If you have more, definitely hit us up at our email. Randomsthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Or check us out on Twitter. Hit us up in Discord, wherever. You guys know where to find us. You can definitely check out the website where all of our contact info is listed. Randomsthoughts.wordpress.com. So if you have any comments, suggestions, questions, whatever, by all means, we're all ears. I did want to bring up one of them that had prompted last week's article. Mm-hmm. And there's a, well, we've mentioned this before, but there's a pretty big or relatively large international community. Which is really awesome and exciting. Exactly. Especially so, with, like, getting to see cards and languages that you forgot the cards are printed, like, that you forgot they were printed yeah. in. Yeah. That's always fun. 
but uh, we've bec we've gotten a lot of responses both publicly and privately. So we don't want to call out anybody by name since some of them had come directly to us. But some of the suggestions are going to prompt some things that we want to try and do in the future. Maybe talk about some different topics or focus on different things. So. If you want to hear about something or read about something or if we ever get there, view something. Maybe. <laughs> one day. We said hopefully. Yes. Then uh, definitely let us know. We're, we're not that proud that we're not going to say, oh, these peons telling us yeah, what they no, want to hear we, about. We love, we love ideas because yeah. sometimes Thursday night rolls around and we're sitting there staring at each other. Calm down. That's We've never recorded on a Thursday and intended it to be the next day. Okay. Sometimes Wednesday night turns and rolls around. That only happened because you were sick for like four days in a row. Uh, okay. Either way, sometimes we need help and we love it when you help us. Well, it's also really... We want to be doing things that the community is interested in. If you get tired of hearing our voices, well, nobody's going to listen. So we want to make sure that we're putting out stuff that people actually want to listen to. Yeah. So we have brought up before that we're going to try and do some off-topic stuff. We're probably going to be bringing that in sooner than later. Yeah, which we'll um, probably be talking about soon. Maybe. Very soon. Yes. So... Wife, go ahead, give your news, and then I got one other thing. <laughs> All right. Well, so my news is, um, just in case you guys didn't know, there's this little event coming up, and by the time you're listening to it, a month, and, and it's called Gen Con, and it's in Indianapolis, and it's super exciting, and there's still hotel rooms available, and you should totally go and then play WoW. Wait, there are hotel rooms available? Uh, yeah, not, not, I mean, not within, like, walking distance, but there are Oh, I was gonna say, like, let's clarify. Vicinity. Um, within a 20-minute ride are there hotels. Word on the street is that Gen Con's kind of a big deal. It's kind of exciting. Kind um, of a big deal. It might be, um, our vacation our family vacation. Yeah, it, it is. So, in real talk for a second, if you're out there and you're planning on going, sign up for the events ASAP. Because yes. a lot of the stuff is optics. So, there may be people out there that are going, oh, there's a WOW event. Oh, well, there's two people signed up. Yeah. So <laughs> That's not actually the case, but it does help when it's like, oh, well, I need to sign up right now, right this second, because there's only like two slots left. And also, guys, the um, will call line can oh my be God. crazy. So get there early, get your events all done, sign up, do all that good stuff. I don't know. We're the kind of people who always sign up way in advance anyway, so that's why it feels Maybe. like this is second nature for us. Maybe within the first five minutes of things going live. It's fine. Well, there is that. Yeah. But... So that's my big news. Gen Con's coming up. Get excited. Get pumped. Get hype. Get lit. Is lit a thing? Uh, that may mean something else. Right? I don't know. But get that too. Man, you are old. I am so old. You are old, man. Anyway, so one thing I... Well, not the only thing, but one of the many things I'm real excited about for Gen Con is that cube draft. I'm really hoping I at least get to see it because the way the scheduling is working out, I don't know if we're going to be there on Thursday. We're going to try. But I do want to witness it because... We're going to drive like the so bullseye. I'm, I'm going to be really disappointed if we don't get to play in it. So here's the reason. I mentioned before that I kind of had this stigma mentally for me attached to draft because 
when I was still playing Magic, all my store did was draft. Every week, week in and week out, it was draft and old or older Magic sets for draft were not always great. You know, there wasn't really a focus for the game then. It was a thing that existed, but they've obviously come a long way and learned a lot. So I had, the, even coming into WoW, I wasn't, it wasn't my thing. And it still kind of isn't. But the idea of a cube draft where someone's curated this cube with really awesome stuff and every card is going to be game-swinging or potentially game-swinging, or you could actually set up really cool synergies sounds a lot of fun to me. Mm-hmm. And being that it's just us right now that play WoW, it's kind of hard to do a two-person draft. Yeah, I mean, people keep telling me that they've made it, but yeah, it seems it seems difficult. I mean, way back in the day, if you did, like, a two-person Rochester draft, that could work, but it would also, the draft itself would take, like, six hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, long story short, I really hope we can make it for that, but we'll definitely be there, obviously, for the classic events. So. Yes. So excited. Speaking of draft, so this one's only tangentially WoW-related because it involves a pretty big name in the WoW community. Hey, hey guys, do you know what Tim did? You know what Tim did? You guys, Tim won. You guys may have heard of this guy, Tim Rivera, before. He's pretty awesome. He's pretty nice. He was kind of a big deal back in the day. He kind of, kind of still is. He was also at Gen Con last year. Yeah. Um, and So, like we yeah. said, speaking of draft... Tim Rivera is the uh, the limited specialist, we'll call it. Not that he doesn't have constructed chops, but he, I feel that Tim has definitely made his name and gotten his crown from the limited side of things. Yes, so Tim Rivera has won the Magic Beta Draft. So... That wife said that, but I can see it in her face. That doesn't really mean much to her. So I know I will... beta is expensive. So beta is the second set ever produced for Magic. It was Alpha, Beta, Unlimited, Revised, 4th Edition, etc. And then interspersed with uh, other expansions. So it was the second set ever produced. It was the... The cards from there are super expensive for obvious reasons. If anybody out there knows anything about Magic, that's... Kind of self-evident. And Tim Rivera, you can watch it on YouTube, has had won the draft recently. And that's really exciting, and so we're all very proud of you, Tim, if you're listening. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. It's really cool to, to see that. Uh, I watched it because it, so, I mean, I've, we've talked about my magic history before and even just moments ago, but it was fun seeing some of those old cards hit the table. Nostalgia. It was also kind of fun watching the draft, trying to see if people snap their cards like they do normally. And let me tell you, there was a significant less amount, or significantly less amount of people snapping and shuffling their cards in their hand with a set that was super old like that. Yeah, super old, super expensive, super delicate. Yeah, so if you get, a few, if you get a few minutes, just check in. It It's funny. There, there was even a funny anecdote that I was watching the finals that one of the cards that was played, the way it was worded and the way the rules were worded, the card literally didn't work when it was originally printed. Of course, because, you know, you always have to do that, have to have those. Well, I it's, it's just a funny artifact. Interestingly enough, the card is an artifact, but it's a funny relic of how far games have come that people, you know, Wintervale Disguise Kit, people famously or infamously bag on this card. 
and shred this card mm-hmm. because the card text is nothing like the official card text. But you could go back through other games' histories and it's like, man, literally the second set had a card that literally didn't work with the way the rules were printed. I mean, you know, sometimes that happens. I guess Wintervale Disguise Kit at least worked, or still works, but (laughs) just not the way it's written. And we just wish it didn't. Well, I don't know. If if the card was printed as the way the, the Oracle text is, so for example, since we have proxies, maybe this is something to look at for next year. Uh, unbanned Disguise Kit, but you're required to have a proxy with the actual official text. That could work. Because That's a thought process. I mean, it's something that I've always wished, and they did that, Cryptozoic actually did that with Squall Totem and a couple older totems. They mm-hmm. reprinted them as promos, and then they updated them with a the new card border. They had the instant actual tag on there, you know, where in the mm-hmm. newer sets it actually pops out instant instead yeah. of just saying it. Uh, and it had all the, the additional details on there that were added or were, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, hidden text on the card previously, mm-hmm. were now prominent because that's what happens in the newer templating. And I always loved that idea because while it's cool to have the original, if I'm sitting down to play the game, I'd rather have the accurate one. Yeah. You I know, think that's... Especially because, like we've said before, we do have new players and... Some people roll in and don't understand that this doesn't do what it says it does. Yeah, since we had brought up off-topic, one of the things is Light Seekers, and we've just been playing in a lot of tournaments recently. We're prepping for nationals for that. And we, as we've met other newer players, they had the same questions that we always did, and they're running into the same pitfalls. And it, it's sometimes tough to take a step back because the knowledge you have can very easily be taken for granted. So it it's something, and this kind of harkens back to what we're saying about feedback. If you guys feel that you want us to elaborate more on things or you think that's necessary, by all means, let us know. Because sometimes we may be talking about stuff and be like, oh, yeah, well, it's obviously this. Mm-hmm. And then someone listening is going, well, well why is that so obvious? Yeah, so let us know if you want us to expand, and we're going to try to do that because a few people have asked us to expand on something, so we're going to try. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, this... Back to congrats, Tim. And then moving into a new and exciting topic. Oh, yeah. Cat Dirt is for fight. So as... Wife so illustriously put, Cat Durid is for fight. And Wife doesn't remember what Bear Durid is for. The the immortal words of Alamo, which, as an aside... Do you remember Alamo? He, I think, predated my... I think he was really like an early Burning Crusade. I was a really bad joke. I know, but I'm ignoring it. I was trying to roll through (laughs) it, and you had to call it back. I did. Stop. No, what I should have said was, what, the car rental place? I hate you. (laughs) Anyway, so Alamo actually is one of my favorite, favorite cards in the game. Okay, listen. Utter friendly Durids have one fight, one health. Alamo's a Durid. Cat Durid is for fight. Alamo is a horde torn Druid from Drums of War. 
And like I said, he's one of my favorite cards because it's one of those fourth wall breaking cards just like Blizzard games. Yeah. So they will always include pop culture references. That pop culture references, like when Paris Hilton was a thing, and they made Harris Pilton. Yeah, or the... Um, who makes gigantic bags. Yes, or all of the Indiana Jones quests oh, yeah. that are well, not Indiana Jones. Well, I mean, he and into Hearthstone and stuff. So I do yeah. love the fourth wall breaking, but Alamo isn't the only thing we want to talk about today. So, Druid, to preface everything, and wife, you're going to have to give me your thoughts on this, because we didn't talk about this in the pre-show. Yeah. So just a peek behind the curtain real quick for everybody out there. We do try and actually plan at least a little bit. We don't 100% ad-lib everything. We're winging it. Well, for the most part, we're winging it. For today. Is that a a druid joke? Is that a druid joke? It was a little. No, it wasn't. You didn't even think of that until I said that. No, I did. I was going for the... Like, I, I fully intend to do as many puns and bad references with druid as I can because I feel like druid is the class that gets all the bad puns and wonderful references. Maybe the most puns, but I don't know about... Oh, just wait. What? Okay, time out. Think about every single ghoul name for Death Knights. Okay, maybe get I got equally... a ghoul named Slobberjaw. Come on. Okay. Anyway. Fine, close to it. So, okay, wife, seriously... Would you say, or give me your top underrated class in Classic right now. So out of the ten classes, we're, we're not going to talk about Monk, because Monk still kind of is the X Factor right now. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the, the, air quotes, original ten, nine in Death Knight. What is your most underrated class competitively? I want to give a very sarcastic warlock, but I know you're going to smack me if I say that. <laughs> so, um, I... Oh, I like. I would say druid or maybe shaman. Okay, I would say probably druid. Okay, I say druid because I think most people respect druid, but they always end up ranking it lower than other classes. Yeah, I I agree with that, and you also I don't recall seeing it that much. Well, and that's the thing, and I wonder. So druid definitely has made waves across the game's history in a variety of different formats and incarnations, including up to absurd combo decks. So Pat actually played the first year of the Classic Championship at Gen Con Mm -hmm. 2016. Pat had played a uh, aquatic form combo deck. It basically kind of functioned in the same capacity as Wonderful Mm -hmm. or Bunnies or, you know, pick annoying combo deck where it went infinite by doing something with a card that nobody cared about and i think he ended up with with sixth i think i got fifth that year and he got sixth or maybe he got fifth and i got sixth he was just shy on breakers of making top four Mm -hmm. the deck that particular deck was vulnerable as in you could disrupt it without too much going out of your way, as compared to other combo decks where it's much more difficult, Mm -hmm. obviously. But over the course of the game, game, like I said, Druid has made a lot of waves, but now I feel as though people kind of overlook it. I think so, but like, 
I think that's also a thing in the game itself. Druids just get overlooked a lot, mainly because who wants to be a night elf and have your home burned down? I had to go there. Well, I mean, you could be a troll or a giant cow. <laughs> the giant cow, maybe. I you don't want to be a troll? With, I know you're obsessed with trolls. Calm down, wife. You could turn into a dinosaur now. I, I still want to be a boomkin. But. Well, Boomkins, we're going to get there. So the reason I bring up that I feel Druids are underrated is that, and this actually came up in one of our guest articles relatively recently mm. with Woodrow. So he had written an article for us talking about sleeper cards in Classic. And I happen to agree with a, a lot of his list. I think there are some that I would rank differently or maybe swap some cards out, whatever. But one of them is Hibernate. And personally, I think Hibernate is the best removal spell in Classic. It is definitely the best removal spell in Classic. Alright, tell me some of the advantages of Hibernate. Like, why would I care about paying two to remove one thing, wife? Um, well, because you get to not only remove it, it doesn't go in the graveyard, so it doesn't have the potential to come back ever. It goes in the resource row face down, because F you. It is also... And it gets exhausted... So it can't be used to, like, counteract anything. If you time it properly. you yes. got So if you hibernate something on your turn, obviously they're now up a resource. Yes. Here's part of the reason why I love it. To that previous point, it's instant. So obviously you could do it in the middle of their attack. You could do it during their end step. You could do it during their draw phase if you really felt the need. Yeah. It doesn't care what it's hitting. It doesn't care how big it is, how small it is. All it cares is that it's not a token, which, honestly, they're... I mean, there are tokens there are in token Classic. There are token decks, but like, and they do exist, but I think most things They do in the exist. End... <laughs> anyway. So, I, I was thinking the M&M's commercial, but now that I said that out loud, all I can picture is the Ancient Aliens guy. Yeah, that's where I went. I don't... I, so, now I want somebody to Photoshop the Ancient Aliens guy, but, like, make it obvious that he's talking about... Creepy M &Ms. living M and M's with the bit like the, the commercial where Santa passes out. Anyway, it's been the same commercial forever. Tangent, but seriously. Anyway, back to hibernate. So hibernate instant speed. It doesn't care how big it is. And here's the sticking point. So it's effective removal in virtually every matchup. Obviously, mm -hmm. if they're running Wondervolt, you're probably not hibernating too many things. Oh well, except for Krabby Fin, which is important. Important. Point. But in every other matchup, you're going to get value out of the target. Now, you're not getting ahead on resources, so if you have to hibernate their Rosalind, you're going to feel bad. You're going to feel worse if you're dead because that Rosalind sat out there for four turns punching you in the neck. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, but here's the other thing. So you have, let's group all of the hyper-aggros together, let's say like Bagmara and Werewolves and, you know, pick other arbitrary mm -hmm. hyper-fast deck. You're not getting super great resource efficiency out of it. But in matchups where it's basically any red mid-range or control, a.k.a. undead, guess what this thing targets that most other removal does not deal with? This can kill the death fear. <laughs> it's simple, wife. We kill, kill the, the death fear. Okay. Set it on fire. Stop ever playing it ever again. We've, we've, um... I hate death fear. What game were we playing where every time... Was it when we were uh, testing werewolves and Boomer would hit the board and I'd just be like, it's simple. 
we kill, kill the, the bat. bat. <laughs> yeah, every time Boomer hits the board, you say that. Well, because it's funny. Every time. <laughs> anyway, so seriously, hibernate, because of the fact that it deals with death fear, slash other will of the forsaken, which really, I guess, Savandra Darklust, maybe. But the fact that it scales so well is mm-hmm. the important part. The instant is also key, because if you're on the play... You could turn one resource, they turn one dude. You go turn one, turn two resource, turn and on their turn two, get rid of their guy. Yeah. And yeah, you push them a turn, but you could do it on their turn or do something else instant speed, which coincidentally, druids have a lot of. Yeah, they definitely do. So before we get into more instant speed stuff, any final thoughts on Hibernate Wife? Um, does that it is super annoying to play against when all you have are, like, you spend a lot of time getting that big dude on the board and then hibernate. Oh, you, you feel super bad. You feel it, so bad. It is virtually impossible to get something. Like, there are ways to get it out of the resource row, but it is so hard. Nobody's running stuff like that. Yeah. And because it, how universal and flexible the removal is, that's one of the things I look for when I'm building mid-range and control decks is flexible removal. Because, great, you have your one resource, deal three damage thing. Well, guess what? That's kind of bad against mid-range stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, you'll get some value out of it, but you're going to feel bad about it. Whereas Hibernate, no matter what, you're going to feel good because, guess what? It's going to deal with an unholy-powered demon. I don't care if it's a 6-5. It's going to deal with that 6-7 hardcast cairn. It's going to deal with that death fear. It's going to deal with a werewolf. It's going to deal with, and the list goes on and on and on and on and mm-hmm. on. And you don't have to worry about swapping these parts in and out, and then you can get into post-board and maybe board in or board out some more efficient spot removal for that specific matchup. So speaking of control elements... Here I am! Rocking like a hurricane! <laughs> Another thing I say literally every time I play the card. <laughs> literally I just, every time. I hit five mana and it's go, rock you like a hurricane? Question mark. <laughs> Yeah, and every slam it on the board. Time. So, um, for those of you who don't know, and um, unless you're new, you, you you probably know Hurricane because Hurricane another Scourge War card is a biatch. Um, so Hurricane enters play with two win counters. Opposing heroes and allies can't attack or protect. And then at the start of your turn, your hero deals two nature damage to each opposing hero and ally. Then removes a win counter. If none remain, destroy this ability. So basically, if this thing sits out there, your opponent's side of the board is taking four, and in the interim, Not they being can't really interact with you? So frustrating. So Hurricane is obviously pushed. The card before it, Cyclone, was four, didn't do any damage, but basically had the same prevention effects and counters. The fact that you are clearing the board is huge. Um, let's talk about Bogmara and Hurricane, or let's not, because it's just depressing. So, even in the event that you're playing against, say, werewolves. Yeah. You know, that's a reasonable match. You go, wow, well, they all have aberration, and Lady Bancroft can't get damaged by heroes. This card's terrible. Except for the fact that, A, it prevents their hero from attacking also, so that Envoy doing Zippo. Two, it also aside from preventing all those attacks, will actually clear a surprising number of their guys. Guess what? Grumdak, he only has two health. Fang has four health. He'll get chewed up by that. Or if they play a different pet, such as Boomer, gets chewed up by that. Yeah. 
it you'll actually remove a number of things and the fact that it buys you those two turns you can almost get the a, a full palpable sigh of relief like you can feel yeah. the weight come off your shoulders when you know you slammed a hurricane and your opponent can't remove it yeah they can't remove it and then they just sit there and watch everything die now my favorite thing to chain with this is actually in Jasani and you could run it, obviously, in other druid decks, but you run Netherbreath Spellblade Ugh. so that you can continually recur hurricanes. And let me tell yeah. you, you haven't lived until you <laughs> slam back-to-back hurricanes and your opponent just goes, well, I guess literally hurricane is going to kill me. You don't even need yeah. another finisher. Yeah. Um, hurricane's a brat, and husband's a super brat for playing hurricane with Spellblade. So it's just the truth. In all seriousness, if you think about it, if you were to stick two hurricanes for full duration each, that's actually eight damage, which is a significant amount when you're simultaneously locking down your opponent's side of the board. Mm-hmm. One of the advantages of it costing a little bit more also is, it, well, I mean, not that Cyclone could get caught by miniature voodoo mask, but you can't voodoo mask this. Mm-hmm. If you banish it, banish to the nether, and you remove the banish, it comes back in and comes back with the counters. Yeah. So you have to you have to straight up remove it. Yeah. Or find some way to burn them out without interacting with the combat step. Yeah, I really think Hurricane is incredibly strong, especially in what we've seen as the current format, the current well, meta. So Hurricane Despite all the power that is in it, it's still, as I said, is riding that line. If it costs four, card is super busted, like it has to get banned. If it costs six, I think it's unplayable. Yeah, I think it's in the perfect mid... I I think it's a very strong card. Yes. I do think it's a very, very strong card. And this card almost single-handedly puts Druid on the map. I mean, we were talking about Hibernate. Hibernate is great, but Hibernate isn't going to take Druid to the next level. I think it's a good, strong card for Druid, and I think it's a good basic um, part of the Druid deck. But then you add in Hurricane, and I think Hurricane is what makes all of Druid strong. So we talked about a while back, the Pants deck, which is something we're going to get into when we dive into the Resto side of things. Oh, but Pants. Key wording, if you didn't quite catch it when wife read it off before, opposing heroes and allies cannot attack. Yep. Meaning that you could post board against another aggro deck, board in hurricanes as an aggro deck, and just go, ha-ha! Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess I win! <laughs> Pretty much. So Pretty much. They're going to go, well, why aren't you trading with my guys? And then you go... Windmill slam hurricane onto the table, and they go, oh, well, oh, I guess that's, that's why. why. <laughs> so, yeah. seriously, hurricane will make a lot of decks solely by itself. That's the power level. So you could have a tier two-ish deck, throw hurricane in, and all of a sudden it's tier one or mm-hmm. close to it because it's that strong, which I don't think is bad. It is a, a class-defining card. And I think that's a good thing for it, where it's like, look, this, mm. this is a card that's so strong. You, you, I know we've talked about Broderick, and people have asked, should Broderick be banned? Because it's like, well, you're playing red, you have to play it. And it's a similar thing here. If you're playing Druid, you kind of have to play Hurricane, unless yeah. you're playing Hyper Aggro. But 
But even then, it's I don't a nice, like, just in case. It's... Because of where it's at, you know, Hurricane at 5, Army of the Dead at 6, it's right around that point in the game where if your opponent or you are playing an aggro deck, you have to start thinking about those things. And I think that's good for the game as a whole, where it's, okay, I know around this time something bad is going to happen to me. I need to prep for it. And that causes deck building choices to be made. That causes play style choices to be made. And to me... Choices are the important part when it comes to those things. Yeah, we're saying this is a staple, which sounds like it's removing choice, but it does cause cascading choices in other decks. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a fine balance there Yeah, where something's overpowering so it takes away too much choice, or it's super strong so it adds some. In any case, let's move on. Well, let's move on to another instant. Well, Hurricane is an instant, but I'm going back to... Back to, to instance. Yeah, back to instance. Um, Moonfire is a thing, and aside from having a really boss name, like, one of my favorite, like, the the 90s kid in me freaking loves that name. Um, Moonfire sounds like a Sailor Moon character It does sound like a Sailor Moon. Sounds like an anime character. I'm okay with it. Um, No, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like a reject X-Men. I'd be okay with that, too. I was initially going to go with, like, the original My Little Ponies, not this new nonsense, but the original. Somebody out there, tell me if there's, a re- like, a third-tier X-Men named Moonfire. Or <laughs> a original My Little Pony named Moonfire. No, no, we don't care about that. We're talking about, about third-tier that. X-Men. <laughs> I love my, my, like, I have no idea what the new show is, but I love the old one. Anyway. Um... So, you attach it to a hero or ally, your hero deals one arcane damage to it. Okay, sure, fine. Then at the ongoing, at the start of your turn, Moonfire's in play, your hero deals one arcane damage to that character. Okay, sure, yeah, that's fine, whatever. Oh, but wait. There's more. They're gonna gonna try to remove it or something? Just pay one, put it back in your hand. Seems good, wife. Oh, hey, you're, like, that character's about to die, pay one, put it back in your hand, kill them anyway, keep the Moonfire for another guy. Yeah. So Moonfire uh, <laughs> inspired its own deck, as wife alluded to earlier. Boomkin. Boomkins. Because you make things You're go so, boom. Um, I sometimes forget that like people know Boomkins, but Boomkin isn't what they're actually called. Um, they're called Moonkins. Yeah, I know they're called Moonkins. I get it, but in my head, they're still called Boomkins. I like the boom. Anyway, so. It did inspire its own deck. Now, it definitely improved when Dream State and Gale Force Winds especially got yeah. released. So, Dream State lets you draw cards when you play uh, balance abilities, and Gale Force Winds lets you exhaust your abilities as though they were resources, meaning that Moonfire could bounce itself. Yeah. Now, you throw in, say, Quigmoran's Eye or something similar to reduce the cost of your abilities, and all of a sudden you're machine gunning your opponent to death because all of your abilities are resources, all your resources are resources, and you're drawing cards every time you play cards. Yeah. So you're going to be like, oh, I'll just scoop up my whole deck, and oh, look, you're dead. Yeah. Scoop Oops. my deck, play my deck, scoop my deck, play my deck, so and repeat. It's definitely a deck that rewards paying attention. Yeah. Because you really need to focus on timing windows and what your opponent could possibly do, what their answers cost. So they're going to need, in most cases, an instant speed answer to address the moon fire because presumably you're not going to leave it out there naked on their turn. Mm-hmm. So how many classes have instant speed ability removal? What do they cost? What one are you playing against? There's your math. 
The problem is, is that it is also very vulnerable and hits a lot of collateral damage mm-hmm. from other major players in Classic. So if people are running Chain Purge to deal with Unholy Power... You're going to feel super-duper bad when they chain-perch three of your things. Yeah, you are. And you're going to have a bad time. I always forget about chain-perch until I'm playing against chain-perch and you, just hate myself. Well, yeah, and then you remember very <laughs> quickly. You remember very fast. Or even something like Vuzdin. Mm-hmm. Vuzdin is a super-feels-bad moment unless you have Nature's Focus or something to remove it in one clip. Yeah. It... it I would put Boomkin at Tier 2. The main reason is because it has some horrifically bad matchups. It feels very 90-10. Would you say that way? For like, mm. If you have a good matchup with Boomkin, you're blowing it out. But if you have yeah. a bad matchup, you're you getting blown out. bad day. That's what it feels like. You know, whether that's actually the case, we're going to have to do more test runs. Yeah, and that could just be our testing. Like we've said, sometimes our testing gets a little incestuous because we, I can tell... Just by the way, husband's eye twitch if I have played the card incorrectly or if he's about to wreck my day. <laughs> I'll usually just tell you, wife. It doesn't have to be subtle. I'll be like, I that was a mistake. Sometimes it's subtle. <laughs> or I'll say I made a mistake because there are plenty of times where I do something and I say, okay, go. And it's like, oh, no. Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but like you said, I, I, you had brought it up, but I wanted to bring it up as well. Um, Gale Wins seems really fun with, um... So, I... With Druid. Well, yeah. Now, I don't know... There's gotta be another deck that it works in, because the ability Mm -hmm. is so powerful. Turning all of your other stuff into resources, and you suddenly skyrocket from five resources to ten or fifteen. Yeah. I mean, fifteen might be pushing it, but... You know, you, you could double the number of resources... Just by using, say, instead of actual removal that literally removes something, Druid has a bunch of entangling effects where Mm -hmm. it's like, exhaust that thing, it doesn't ready. But your ability readies, or is ready, so you use that as a resource. Mm -hmm. It, I would want something like that to work. I don't know if it ever could simply because, again, you're going to feel super bad if it gets chain purged. You're going to feel even worse if you play against something with no allies, because now your removal doesn't go face or anything. This is true. There's a a bunch of things that hinder it, but it would be a cool concept. I think that would be an interesting way to take Control Druid. We've talked about before where, and wife, tell me if you don't feel this way, that every class should be able to do everything, but do it with a unique flair. Yeah, I think that the game has evolved to the point where... It doesn't have to be rock, paper, scissors of what your class can do or cannot do. Yeah. But it's like, oh, shamans can destroy abilities, but I'm playing against an equipment deck. Well, I guess I scoop them up. That's yeah, not like, fun. There, there's, there's, the shaman can, like, free, send lightning through all the equipment and Yeah, word on the street go... is metal conducts electricity. <laughs> I've <laughs> heard that before. Um, so, like, there's gotta be, and I, there's gotta be a way. So that's Life why. Life finds a way. Oh, God. And you don't even like that movie. <laughs> I'm terrified of that movie, but I had to say it anyway. So, it, seriously, like, I think that would be an interesting uh, flavor way to take control, Druid. It doesn't have to all be hurricanes. Yeah. Maybe it's these other effects. But anyway, so that's Moonfire. And if you have not seen a Boomkin deck in action, it is a lot of fun to watch. Here are the cards you want to go look up. You want to look up Earth and Moon. You obviously want to look up 
Moonfire. Moonfire. Say, let's go with Quig Moran's Eye. Oh, Quig Moran's Eye. And then, as we mentioned, Gale Force Winds and maybe Dream State. Yeah. I'll let you guys, you know, go to here. Pause the podcast. We'll go still look be it up here on, when you get back. Yes, go look it up on WoW TCG Browser, or if that's crashing again, because it has been crashing a lot, check out wowcards.info. It's actually turning into me. So TCG Browser has the deck builder and custom card thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel that the right now, I haven't found as many bugs with the searching on wowcards.info. It seems to be a little bit steadier, mostly because it doesn't seem to be pulling stuff out of the flavor text, which drives me insane when yeah. I'm searching for things. That is really, really frustrating. It's like, oh, I'm searching for this specific thing, whatever it happens to be. I want, you know, druid cards that, that are instant, that target, but target happens to be in the flavor text of this for some reason, or, you know, like, that's a bad example, but yeah. no, anyway. I get it. So, what's next on the docket, wife, after Moonfire? Well, I mean, I was going to kind of move into some of the best heroes okay. for druid, um, because, obviously, abilities are super strong for druid. And everyone who knows me knows I'm terrified of equipment. So let's move into heroes. (laughs) Well, one quick thought as wife pulls up her notes on heroes. Druid actually does get a lot of interesting equipment and not just Quigmoran's eye. You know, I'm pretty sure they get access to Chili Slobberknocker, which is just one of my favorite cards. (laughs) They obviously get access to Netherbreath Spellblade, which is huge. Like, that card can be monstrous in Druid. Let's say you want to recur, I don't know, let's say Innervate. Every turn, just draw three cards. Yeah, why not? Sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, Heroes. Just coming back. Well, so we have the... Can I just call him the main druid? I know we don't like to think of him as the main druid, but we gotta. Malfurion. He's he's the head druid. He's he's the... Hamul Rune Totem. No, it, it really is Malfurion, and he's the, the one that you get introduced to in Warcraft 3 and obviously yeah. has played, played a major component. I'm not a huge fan of his actual hero in yeah, the game. Yeah, I like his... I was going to say, I kind of like his ally a little bit more oh, than yeah. I like his I always, hero. Whenever I'm forced to flying the blue flag, and I'm running something that isn't aggro, or even if it's, you know, even in the pants deck, it, yeah. In early versions, I had tried to put the six-cost Malfurion in. It never works. Now, his eight-cost neutral actually has seen play. Mm-hmm. And I think, maybe not underrated in classic, but I could definitely see it hitting fringe play. But what about the hero wife? What made you want to talk about Malfurion? Well, mainly because he is, you know, the head druid. But he does have this, um, he can put two one one Treant ally tokens into play, which Okay, it's not great, but there are ways to, you know, give them extra powers, basically avoid them. And, like, if you have a hurricane out and you're killing your opponent's side, but you're able to build up your own side, like, this flip could be a nice little added bonus. It's nice. I mean, it's not great. I don't think he's, I don't think he's fantastic, but he is, I've, he's the head Druid, so you gotta talk about him. If we went with a red druid, you uh, could play Alamo, and then Alamo buffs your hero. This is true. Um, so you you heard about Broderick's? Well, what if Broderick gave you a static one attack instead of a salt one? Yeah. Now, granted, Alamo has to stay in play, but let's, let's not talk about details. 
<laughs> the point is, you get plus one, plus one. And that's the cool part. And you could even run it in Desecrator Stormclaw, which is probably the druid that most people are going to recall. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about heroes. Yeah. So Desecrator Stormclaw is the Horde Torrin traitor hero. The reason why it matters is it's the, air quotes, fourth spec. It's not really a spec, but you get access to Form of the Serpent, which was a big deal back in the day. Maybe not so much now. Mm -hmm. But it it is a cool thing you could go with. Now, one of the other ones that we may want to talk about, though, is the monster hero. Yeah. Well, so obviously there are two big monster heroes for it, but we'll talk about one is Xavius. Um, So you pay for and you can put an additional resource this turn. That's super strong. Yeah. Um, It obviously lends itself to a ramp deck. Druid has a bunch of ramp effects, and it's... It's pretty good. Yeah, I I I think would go so far to say is yeah he's he's pretty good. Yeah, maybe super good, um, incredibly good. But... Now one of the cool things that well, you could run this in a number of different obviously any of the factions, but harmonize is a mechanic that mm-hmm. for most intents and purposes we're going to call it a, a druid mechanic. So yes, there are shaman cards that have access to it. Uh, the um, the scepter, whatever it's called. Is, can be run by a number of different classes, but Harmonize is something that I'm surprised has yet to make more of a splash in Classic. Yeah, I like... But we, I feel like we've tried to make Harmonize work so many times, and it's always close. Harmonize... Okay, but... so we do have a few infinite combo Harmonize decks. And by infinite, I mean literally infinite. It will do arbitrarily large number until yeah. you pick a number and stop. And it'll either make, you know... A billion ferocious mm-hmm. tokens, or it will draw your entire deck, and then you can do something else, or, you know, whatever. But it, because of the requirements to set it up, it's one of those where I don't think, and we could be wrong, maybe I'm building it wrong, because there definitely is something there, but it's it doesn't quite stand up to the aggro decks, and it also doesn't quite stand up to the disruption from warlock decks. Yeah. Or right. rogues, for that matter. You can, if you can hit things in their hand before they come onto the table, and of course you're relying on allies, which are fragile to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where the other monster hero, Aracella, comes in, is that that's one of the obvious ones to go to. What you're thinking of is Jasani, who is the hunter druid. Yes, that is what I'm thinking now, of. Now that is a... To kind of bridge our, our last class discussion... Jasani's kind of the perfect target. It lets you essentially play slow mage, sort of, or hyper drago control mm-hmm. without playing technically real interrupts. Which is something, strangely enough, Druid does have access to. They do have Feral Rage. Which, do you want to move into the Talents Wife, or do, or do you have other thoughts on the heroes? Um, well, you mentioned Hemel Rule Totem, so of course I had to think about him. Um, but I, well, there's, there are two that I wanted to mention before we move on. If you didn't have others. Yeah. There were like all ones that I was kept thinking about and I was like, but I don't have the specific names in front of me. So uh, there's obviously a number of them and well, let's actually do three. So there's the blue one, Wild Seer Varel, I think is the name. Yeah. So... He lets you tutor for an attachment, which, mm-hmm. hey, we were talking about the pants deck. So if the, true. the reason why we shied away from him with our build 
is that he's a newer hero, he's a worgen, so that means that he doesn't have professions. So unless the rules get changed to allow newer heroes to have access to professions, he cannot run Boots of Utter Darkness, which is just such a soft lock against so many decks that you can't... It's hard to justify not being a leatherworking hero, even if you don't have as relevant of a flip. The card's too strong. Mm-hmm. So, other ones I wanted to call attention to was Kuano? Uh, Kuano? I don't know how to say his name. He's a, a Horde Torn back from Arena Grand Melee. I can say Kuano. Kuano? Like sure. Guano? Well, it's spelled like Guano, but with a K. So, it's Kuano uh, Stonehoof, I think yeah. is his full name. So he was just, he's not actually that good. <laughs> he's a feral druid, he's an older one, so he, he has a printed spec. But he lets you get 40 health, or yeah. when you flip, you, you get 40 health. Yeah. Not you, heal 40, but you go up to a maximum health of 40. Yeah. And it's just fun. I remember playing Drums of Warblock and really trying to make him work, because it just seemed cool. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I, have, I pay 5, I essentially heal like 12. Seemed okay. It does seem good. But because he was feral spec locked and feral, which we're going to get into, is not a great spec. Yeah. Um, and the last one that I wanted to bring up, and wife, you could definitely hand it back to you, is Kanga the Primal. So this I just is like her because she's a troll. No, just, I like her because she has a really cool ability. Now, whether that ability is any good, we're going to discuss. But when you flip her, all your feral abilities cost one less. Which, any time that... Now, it's to a minimum of one. So yeah. you don't get the harmonized exception where you could push it down to zero. But reducing cost, especially across the board like that, could be really big. Mm-hmm. But that assumes that you either have a bunch of two-cost things that you want to reduce to one. So that you can double the number of things. Or you have a bunch of five-cost things that you want to push to four. The reason being is that flip costs three... So on turn three, you flip, and it's essentially you played an extra resource. So on turn four, you have access to five resources if you play a feral card. But that necessitates, again, a feral card that costs five that you actually want to play. Now, there are a few that we're going to talk about, but we'll get there. So any other heroes that you wanted to to bring Um, up, wife? I remember seeing... Tina Cloudstalker, Tana Cloudstalker, whatever, um, where it's if you control another druid, flipper, and then she has plus one attack while attacking that turn. I don't know, I but I think I just remember seeing her because Skirtor was the first set that you had me opening all the time, and I remember seeing her picture all over the place. It's entirely possible. I don't yeah. remember her showing up in a lot of places. I mean, there, there have been, again, druids throughout the history of the game that have popped up here and there with varying degrees of success, but it... It's a class that, because of their ability to be such a universal answer class, they have effective ally removal. They have flexible ability and equipment removal, which is a thing that we didn't bring up earlier, but natural repossession and the natural order are the disenchant effects, you know, the bar for disenchant effects in this game. And because they're so efficient and effective they really help all of these mid-range and control decks. Or even aggro decks mm-hmm. that go, okay, I want a flexible answer because I don't know how they're going to try and fight me. But if they play a hurricane, I want to natural order it and then play another guy the same turn and keep the pressure on. Mm-hmm. So, 
Final thoughts on Heroes, wife? That I, personally, and this is, I'm probably wrong, so I'm putting that disclaimer there in the beginning. I think a lot of times the heroes are what kills it for me for wanting to play Druid. I'll admit, I'm not always super enthused because they are spread a little thin between themes, which is something yeah. I'm going to get into now. So, Druids have tokens. They have their flavor stuff in Feral that limits them. They have a little bit of resource ramp. Well, more than most classes, but they have a resource ramp. They have a little bit of an equipment sub-theme because they overlap with some rogue cards such as Don Alejandro's Money Belt, mm -hmm. which is actually a card I love and always want to play, but I can never get to work. Yeah. Uh, you have your crazy control elements. You have your entangle effects. You have your the pants builds. You have these healing things. Because they're a, a hybrid class in the game, similar to shamans and other ones, they get pulled in so many directions that you have this complication when designing the class of, well, which master are we going to serve? Are we going to try and be a good card game class? Because although you have summons in WoW, it's a little bit different when you're treating them as token cards in the game, and then now you're looking for things that help tokens and yeah. making a token deck. And then in the same card pool, well, no, we're going to put Innervate in there and Hurricane in there or Hibernate in there and have these you know top-tier competitive cards when you're talking about you know goofy things like Boundless Wilds or Boundless whatever that makes tokens for every resource you have. Or the one that you can destroy all your resources and make tokens for them. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's, they can go so many ways that sometimes it's like having a crazy hairdo. You gotta braid it down. Yeah, you need I don't to... It, I don't <laughs> think that in custom sets we should pare down the ideas, but so here's the thing. If you were to make... If they started printing the game again tomorrow... And they came out with another big set of like three or four hundred cards. You could probably fit all the themes of Druid at least somewhat in there. Yeah, but then if you only touch upon each of the themes, it's not enough to really support all of them. Well, it only works yeah. with all of the historical support. Yeah. But let's say you do a custom set tomorrow and you only have, say, five Druid cards. Yeah. That could be a problem. Yeah. Especially if you, you're trying to literally accomplish all these ideas. And that's one of the struggles I have with Druid is it, it kind of feels like a classless class. And the reason I say that is if you build a generic Druid control deck, I guess you could say it's a balanced Druid mm -hmm. because, you know, you're running Hurricane, you're running maybe Star Shots or Nature's Focus and, and Innervate and Hibernate and all these things. And they happen to be balanced cards. Yeah. So you're a caster class. But the problem is, is that I feel that Resto, Restoration, does not feel like a real class in the card game, and Feral is close to unplayable. Yeah, I definitely think you're right. I think if you're playing Druid, you almost have to play Balance. Mm -hmm. And you're right, it's not like, it's not like Mage, you're playing Frost, you're playing Fire, like... You, I, you feel who you are. Well, I think it's but hard with to... Druid, it's hard to, like, parse that out. Well, how do you communicate arcane damage? So fire yeah. damage is typically displayed via dots. 
Yeah. Or, you know, shadow damage is dots. Frost damage will often lock something in place so it can't attack next turn, can't protect, yeah. loses power, whatever. That sort of thing. Arcane damage is just Magic. damage. Like, yeah. it, it's just damage. You're magically... It doesn't feel like anything. Yeah. So, at least, it, Hurricane evokes something. Yeah, it gives you this image, but you're right, it's hard. I don't know, druids are hard. So, <laughs> it, um, to move into the other specs, since, it, like we were just saying, balance feels as though it's the spec. And yeah. a lot of classes have this, where there's a primary one, and even with Mage, it's kind of like, well, does anybody really play Fire Mage? No. It's not really a thing. No. Um, but let's talk about Feral for a moment, because that's a, a spec that I really wish existed, and for the most part right now it doesn't. Yeah. And it's a tough thing, because similar to equipment, you know, you can only hold one you know, one weapon at a time, like a two-hander or a one-hander, and then an offhand. You only have one helmet. You can have one set of shoulders, one set of pants, <laughs> one set of feet, etc. Well, guess what? Your form covers your whole body. You can only have one in play. So the natural thing is to cut down the number of deck slots that you assign to it. But then if your whole deck is focused on making your hero a thing, then you're running the risk of not drawing it. But those duplicates don't do anything. It's kind of a, a doomed mechanic. Yeah. Even with the rework with Cryptozoic. So initially it was even worse. Which is scary. But now that it, it got reworked, it just kind of... And I'm glad they got away from... So, for example, we talked earlier about Kanga, the primal. Reduces, when, you flip, when you're flipped, it reduces the cost of feral cards by one. So primal madness is a feral talent. Cost five, it's an instant. Ongoing, your hero has assault three, men three, protector, and stealth. And at the end of your turn, you can ready your hero. That's a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you could Kanga turn three, turn four primal madness, and then go to town, except for the fact that a, it's an ongoing ability, so it has all of the things we've always talked about. B, Assault 3, Mend 3 actually isn't that much because you're going to need to be clearing the board. Mm -hmm. And if you're only punching for three a turn, so say you're trying to build a solo Feral Druid, your clock is very, very slow. Yeah, it's both. It's slow, and this is not a slow format like we've talked about before. Well, you can and... play it slow or play a slower deck, but you need to be doing something. Like, attacking for three a turn and then saying go is not enough. Yeah. So, it, it's tough to make a lot of these... It, it, I'm not sure what the answer is. Personally, I think it would be cool if, uh, similar to Super Simeon Sphere, which... God, I forgot that card. ...was used in early versions of the Unholy Power decks, because it makes your hero a demon if you're a warlock, and it makes your hero a pet if you're a hunter. It would be cool if there was a metamorphosis charm or something that allowed your druid hero to be considered in a form. The reason being is that maybe you can, you can have those redundancies to ensure that you're in a form, but maybe it doesn't have the form one tag. So, I guess it Canonically, it's a little weird that you could be cat and bear form at the same time, but it would be cool if you could, I mean, you know, have have the redundant ways. Because the other yeah. bit super feels bad is, oh well, I swing into your guy. Oh well, I instant speed removal your form. Well, that feels super bad. Yeah. 
it it's a tough it's a really tough thing to try and mm-hmm. navigate around and I have some ideas personally but I feel for anyone that really wants to make their cat good because it, it, they're in a tough spot yeah. there's really no two ways about it even things such as rend and tear which I personally had really hoped so it's a, another feral talent it costs four when it enters play deal one melee damage to each of up to three target opposing heroes and or allies so you could hit up to three things for one your hero has assault two for each damaged opposing character so even if they have no allies at least you damage your opponent and you have assault two mm-hmm. it's an instant that sounds great but one damage does not cut it and one non-combat damage does not cut it in classic no it definitely doesn't compare it to if you wait a turn for hurricane and you will almost assuredly clear the board and stall this probably won't remove anything unless you're then using the assault two to punch things and then you're taking damage. like no part of this feels good yeah it just feels very limited and the other forms where you're buffing your allies have potential and i think that's a a cool way to do it where you're leading the charge in your cat form or your bear form or whatever form but honestly probably the best form is flight form because then you can make your hero untargetable at instant speed which can can matter matter in a bunch of matchups but that feels super bad like that's kind of sad yeah it kind of is but maybe hope for the future well and that's the other problem is so or I take that back. There's another good form. Ancient Moonkin form to Moonkin form. But because Moonkins. Again, going back to being balanced. But you also could move into Restoration, which, aside from Pants, which doesn't really feel like a Resto Druid, it's another mechanic that's really hard to do. How do you make healing worthwhile when instead you could just be, you know, winning the game instead? Yeah, I just feel like... Like we said before, I just think balance is the only way to go. I think I feel like all the cool things come from Feral, but all the things that work come from balance, and Resto is a thing that I always forget actually happens because you barely ever see it. Well, yeah, the the Resto talents aren't really exciting for the most part, although I I think I had said Innervate was, uh, was balance earlier, and now that I'm thinking about it, it may actually be Resto. So there's a Resto card, maybe. Let's double check. Yes, it is Resto. I was thinking about it after I said it. But you're not building a healing druid deck for competitive play. Obviously, you could do that in raids, but it's not. There aren't enough triggers. There was that one ongoing nurture that had some potential for a while. I'm very curious if maybe... So back in Drums of War era there was a troll deck with faith healer boots that was, if you've been healed this turn, exhausted, put an ally from your graveyard into your hand. So you use Senjin Village, which every turn can heal a troll. Well, now the trolls can be druids. Maybe there's something there that you could do some kind of recursion thing. So yeah, I, it's tough to say, oh, well, here's a, a druid deck. It's Resto, and yeah, this is definitely the way you should go. Obviously, Pants is a thing. You could use Gift of the Earth Mother. Um, whatever the the five cost is, Malfurion's Gift, I think. Yeah. It's a recursion thing. It gives plus two, plus two, and some other benefits. Um, there are definitely things you can do, but to me, that doesn't feel thematically like a 
Arresto deck. To close out, we only briefly touched on the equipment, but there are a lot of notable ones, including Band of the Inevitable, which lets you clear the board of uh, equipment. You also could be running, and this is a personal favorite of mine, Band of Vile Aggression. So that's, you just like the name. No, it's actually really strong. So it's a ring that costs two. You pay five and exhaust it, and you destroy a resource. So if you're ahead on resources and you're not in danger, your opponent will never get above whatever they're currently at. Yeah. It's actually super strong in control mirrors because you want to board out your removal for the most part because odds are if you're in a control mirror, you're not going to have many targets. You also want cards that get you ahead either on resources or card advantage or whatever and eventually your opponent will not be able to continue rowing. And if they're playing a control deck, guess what? Most of their cards probably cost a lot. So blowing up one of their resources every single turn can very quickly put them on essentially a clock. This you're not literally killing them, but you're killing but them you inside. Are. Yeah. Um, so this is a thing that not really so much in... Um the WoW card game that I'm dealing with learning right now, but in other card games that we play with, that's really frustrating. What, Super not, frustrating. not having resources? Yeah, or like the resources just going away because your husband's jerky. <laughs> um, I Some of the decks are literally named Captain No Fun. I, I mean, yeah, they are. Well, like we said, there's a lot of things because of... It's both a, a boon and a hindrance that Druid has their fingers in so many pies, or their paws, I guess, in so many pies, <laughs> that they have access to such a wide array of options, Yeah. but at times it can feel inconsistent. It's one of those, like, you have so much that you could do, but it's hard to hone it in. Well, there's a lot of decks that, that are Druid that are druid decks that feel, oh, well, if I just had one or two more cards, it would be great. Yeah. But they can't quite get there. I mean, there are things that, personal favorites of mine, like Twilight's Hammer, or if you go Oldie But Goodies, Twig of the World Trait, or another one of my favorites, Troll Woven Spalders, because it gives all of your guys berserking and conspicuous, which is incidentally, might be my favorite <laughs> keyword. Um, conspicuous is one of yeah. my favorite keywords. Conspicuous is pretty good. Oh, one thing we did go back to abilities real quick. We never brought up Utopia, which oh. doesn't actually make a whole lot of appearances in Classic because, let's face it, 7 is slow. Yeah. And, it, well, it's just slow. There's nothing, no other way to put it. But being able to clear the board in that fashion is... It just feels good. Yeah, Utopia... It really doesn't make an appearance in um, Classic, and it is a Blood of Gladiators card, so do not worry if you've ever forgotten about it. But Utopia is rough. I don't remember what deck we pl you played it in only a few months ago, but I remember Utopia coming down, and I remember being super angry about Utopia it. Utopia is another card that incidentally addresses death fear, which is part of the reason why I always keep it in the back of my mind. If the format ever evolves to the point where if the the pivotal turn is a turn or two slower, and by pivotal turn I mean 
what is the target turn that you need to do something by or you die? If that becomes a turn later, I think Utopia immediately shoots back up because then, on average, you're going to have a better chance of playing it. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of Druid options. They are the jack-of-all-trades, the master of some, I guess would be the best way to put yeah. it. Because you have, as we talked about, the super efficient removal on all fronts. You have card draw, you have this, you have that, but they do feel constrained by the card pool because token decks, like Treant token decks, are not really a competitive thing. They're definitely great for you know playing for fun, but competitively they're not yeah. quite there. Uh, but you can definitely do some very, obviously some stronger mean saplings. I always try and make phylactery work since, uh, you know, it would be fun to use other unlimited things other than zombie go, but we'll have to see if more unlimited cards show up in some of the custom sets. All right, husband, final thoughts, Druid. Well, my final thoughts are. I love the class. To go back to what we said at the beginning, I really think it's underrated in Classic. Mm -hmm. I think it deserves more top finishes than it currently has. But I think that's just a function of people feeling the format out. I don't think it's people dislike the class. I think if you ask someone, well, what are your thoughts on Druid? Oh, yeah, it's really strong. It has this, it has that. Just like we've spent the last almost hour and a half talking about. But... Be somebody sits down to build a deck, and for some reason it always, always ends up being a warlock or a mage, or or it ends up being werewolves or something. Yeah, it doesn't have that Hollywood appeal as much as a warlock well, does. Let, I mean, Moonfire can be pretty splashy. Uh, a little bit. Okay, yeah, super bit. But I agree with you. I think Druid might be some untapped potential. I do get frustrated by some of the limitations with it. But I think it, I think it could be a fun class to play, and I think it might be stronger than I thought it was at two o'clock this afternoon when I sat down to fully research my druids. Druid is both fun and strong. It, it it's a class that, and we could say this for basically all of them that would have benefited just in general from more cards to flesh out to add a little more meat to the bones of some of the themes. Because, like we talked about, I personally, while I like token strategies and I think they're fun, I know other people adore them in other mm-hmm. games and this one. So I think it would have been good to get maybe there is something that is a competitive, strictly token deck that works. I mean, you got Nasala Silvertree, who's an alliance ally that makes tokens, happens to be a druid, and then you could build from there. But I think it needed one or two more cards. And then it really becomes a thing. Yeah. At least on the Druid side. I mean, you have a bunch of Orc decks that could produce a ton of tokens. But anyway, before we digress and make this a three-hour podcast. So, Druids, give us your thoughts. We've given you our thoughts, so give us some more of yours. Leave um, some comments, either on the Facebook or on Reddit. Email us, all that good stuff. You just said the Facebook. I did say the Facebook, and you know what? I'm okay with it. But either way, join us next time for more Random Thoughts. So for all other things Random Thoughts, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud.
at our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com. You can now find us on Facebook under the tag of Randoms Thoughts. Or find us on Twitter, at randthoughtpod. That's at R-A-N-D thought pod. And please feel free to reach out to us on Gmail at randomsthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. Mm-hmm.